Hello, everybody. We have a uh, exciting, exciting time for you planned tonight. Ha ha. Tonight, today, whatever time it is, you might be listening. Lots of things on Down is Up World today. Lots of things. It's been a crazy week, has it not? The weekend was crazy. I'm desperately not happy about the House and Senate passing through this omnibus bill that is really just a bailout for Nancy and Chuck. It makes me disgusted that that they can uh, <laughs> that they literally are just taking our money and saying it's to help with the COVID relief, and it's not. And uh, don't even get me started. Don't even get me started. The title of the show today is My My Cousin and I Grow Weary. We Grow Weary. What do we grow weary of? There's a lot going on in the world, in Down is Up world particularly, that makes a person weary. Now I have a couple things ready for you today. And... um. I prepared a list. I'm a list girl. I actually am going to read from a book of lists for you here post-hastily. But for now, I would like to read this list of what makes a person weary. This is being read to you in no particular order, just the order in which they were written by me. Because I'm weary. Projection. Projection makes a person weary. Getting away with projection. Getting locked up immediately if you're, quote, not on the left. Such as the shaman guy who got locked up and still sits in jail and is in 24-hour lockdown. And the guy, I call him the feet on the desk of Nancy guy. He, he, he uh, has been in jail ever since um, January 6th as well. And uh, he didn't do anything. He didn't break anything. He put his feet on her desk. <sighs> They're still in jail. Next on the list, getting let out of jail immediately. If you are on the left, John Sullivan. Antifa guy hired by the left. My guess is it was Nancy Pelosi that planned the entire event on January 6th in coercion with General Milley and that John Sullivan, he was arrested, but he, he, he wore his little, you know, MAGA hat and dressed up as a Trump supporter to play the part of a Trump supporter so that the media could say that it was Trump supporters that were the bad guys, but it wasn't really because he's Antifa and he's well-known Antifa and they're playing with our heads and it just makes me crazy. Okay, next on the list, saying there were no riots, there were peaceful protests. Next, seeing cities and businesses looted and destroyed night after night after night. 
taking down statues, renaming schools, renaming everything, being told election fraud, quote, didn't happen, seeing the evidence of election fraud everywhere, being told Biden is fine, seeing Biden trying to walk or talk, being told white extremists are an existential threat to America. They're a great terrorist threat. Knowing that there are only 3,000 professed Ku Klux Klan members in the United States. I don't think that's a huge threat. Being told January 6th was worse than September 11th. Witnessing the towers fall and knowing thousands died. Being told January 6th was, quote, an armed insurrection. Knowing that no guns were confiscated or used in the, albeit bad, they shouldn't have done it, but it was not us. It was not Trump supporters. Well, I guess there were a few Trump supporters that got swayed into going in like, you know, poor Ashley Babbitt, thinking she was following quote-unquote Trump supporters, but they were really Antifa people telling them they were Trump supporters. I digress. Being told it was a capital cut that shot Ashley Babbitt. Knowing that he has been identified by his beaded black and white bracelet, that he's a known Antifa actor hired by the left, not a capital cop. But he was dressed as a capital cop, and so the left is telling us it was a capital cop. Being told that cops kill many unarmed blacks per year, knowing that more blacks kill blacks and more unarmed whites are killed by cops per year than blacks. Just look up the statistics yourself, people. I'm, I'm just weary, 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 weary. And did I mention that I'm weary of being told falsehoods constantly by the media, which I don't really watch, but I know it's happening because people who don't have the wisdom to do their own research are completely and totally brainwashed. I'm weary of the people who are brainwashed. I'm weary of cancel culture. I'm weary of the fact that Disney now thinks Dumbo and the Aristocats are potential threats to small children. I had small children. I was a small children. I loved Dumbo. I loved the Aristocats. They're fabulous shows. Tell me what child would possibly look at the crows in Dumbo and think anything about them other than that they're crows. Nothing.
nothing. No child thinks that way unless you teach them to think that way by putting this dreaded sign up at the beginning of the show that says, this show has these crows who act like they're bad, they're depicted negatively, and in fact, one of the crows is even named Jim. So what? Nobody at that age, I guarantee you, black, white, green, pink, blue, yellow, whatever, they don't know anything about Jim Crow. They just want to see an elephant fly. I'm telling you, that's all I wanted. I just wanted to see an elephant fly. I'm weary. I'm weary. I'm weary. When you spend your life on the internet, did you know that you become a deeply narcissist person? And that's the intent of social media, isn't it? Think about it. Think about how I never had a, what was it called? Um, MySpace? Was that the first one? MySpace? And then we got Facebook shortly after that. But the whole like thing. And there used to be, when, when Facebook first started, you could thumbs up something or thumbs down something. Well, they pretty quickly got rid of the thumbs down thing because, you know, that might hurt somebody's feelings. That's what Joe Vaughn says. It hurts him in feelings. We don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Heavens forbid that your feelings should be hurt. And that's the problem with kids today. Is that they have been taught their feelings matter too much. You know, when I was growing up, kids were teased. Kids were merciless. I was a victim of merciless teasing. I would come home and bawl my eyes out and say, Mom, I don't understand. Why are these girls so mean? And she, my mother, would say, Well, what did you do? <laughs> of course, that was my mother. I don't recommend that as an answer. But you know what the difference is between kids today and my generation? When I did, when I would go to school, yes, kids were mean, but we didn't, we didn't get, you know, safe spaces. We didn't have, you know, all these rules about hate speech and all that kind of stuff. Hate speech was normal. You know, it was just the way it was. And what you were taught was how to handle it. Can I repeat that? You're taught not to cry and whine and cancel somebody for something they said or did, but you're taught how to react. You have a choice in the matter. So I'm going to help. Here, here's my Here's my, um, I'm going to, I'm going to teach the woke generation some new phrases. These are some phrases that, that you will find helpful in, in, um, your day-to-day -day life. And 
if you go to school and someone picks on you and hurts your feelings, you can make choices. You can go to your teacher and cry and say, Johnny hurt my feelings and he said hate speech and I'm sure he's a racist. Or you can overcome it. Repeat that after me. Overcome it. Or another phrase, rise above it. Here's another one. Ignore it. Here's another one. Walk away. Or, and here, this could possibly be my favorite one. Grow the F up. Seriously. You know what? You gotta face life. Life ain't easy. And these kids today have been taught that they are worthy of everything. And and they deserve A, B, C, D, and E. Why do you deserve anything good? Why? This drives me nuts. This, this, and this makes me weary, okay? I am weary, weary, weary of the entitlement. Thou shalt not be entitled. You are not entitled. Who says you're entitled to anything? Who? Who says you deserve A, B, C, D, or E? There's this, you know, like the commercial, L'Oreal, because I'm worth it. Well, you may be worth it. Yeah, you're worth it. I will, I'll give you a little bit of worth it. But the bottom line is, you don't deserve it. Why do we deserve anything good? I personally feel like I'm blessed if I have goodness in my life. It's not because I deserve it. It's because it's a blessing. It's because God has given me this extra benefit. But going around feeling sorry for yourself because you didn't get what you wanted, that does you no good. All it does is it gives you that stupid, woke, entitled attitude. Go earn something. Get a job, save your money, and buy it your dang self and be proud of it. And then say, yeah, I deserve that. I worked hard for it. I worked hard for it. My own son, he drives me berserk because he's constantly, oh, I'll just buy a new one. No, fix that one. Or don't break it in the first place. Be careful. (laughs) He was the king of breaking everything as a child. All right. Here's something I really want to uh, share with you. I have this wonderful book. It's called Lists to Live By for Everything that Really Matters. All right. I'm going to read you 
a list. And this list is called 10 Beliefs That Lead to Anger. And if you think about it, anger is that thing that is so driving this woke mentality right now. Everybody's mad about something. Their feelings are hurt. You know what? If I pitched a fit every time my feelings got hurt in life, I'd have been dead long ago. I would have given up and said, screw this. It ain't worth it. We have to teach our children and our youth, generally speaking, that they're strong, that their power comes from inside themselves. And only they can muster that power. And and I know, I know, I know, I know that I am a very, very blessed little girl in the sense that I have always had a positive attitude. And I know some people just don't have the attitude of, you know, rainbows and sunshine. And I don't always either. I mean, I'm still weary, right? I'm weary. I'm tired of this nonsense of down is up world. I really, truly am. And I, there's not a day that goes by that I don't sit there and think, okay, God, what's happening? What are you doing? What can I do to help? And that's the question. Are you helping or are you hurting? Think about that while I read this list. I almost thought you thought I was going to not read it to you. Ha! Okay, number one. There's ten things on this list. Number one. And as I read this, the title of it is Ten Beliefs That Lead to Anger. My my, uh, sort of synopsis is Ten Beliefs of the Entitled or Ten Beliefs of the Woke Society. If I want something, I should have it no matter whom it hurts or how I get it. Number two, it is terrible and unjust to be kept waiting. I can't accept excuses. Number three, I must never be uncomfortable or frustrated. I can avoid distress at all costs. Number four, I have a right to be angry when others hurt my feelings, cause me discomfort, or disappoint me. Let me rephrase, let me repeat that, not rephrase it, repeat it. This one drives me nuts. I have a right to be angry when others hurt my feelings, cause me discomfort, or disappoint me. Really? Really? Okay, keep it to yourself. Number five, if I don't sleep well or if I've had a bad day, I have a right to be irritable and others should leave me alone. Whatever. Number six, my parents always helped me. Others shouldn't expect me to do it all by myself. Boy, isn't that the truth? And and you know, I know I'm guilty of this, but I also know that 
how I grew up and how my kids grew up, there was a vast difference in the times in the sense of how difficult it is to survive. In fact, you know, so many kids today are still living with their parents in their 20s because it's very, very difficult to make ends meet. And I help my kids. My mom helped me. I would never have been able to raise my kids as a single mom without my mother. And I'm telling you, I worked my tail off. I have worked since I was 14 years old, if not before then. Actually, way before then. I started babysitting at 10. Now think about that. What person in their right mind leaves their 5-year-old with a 10-year-old? <laughs> That's what happened. That was, that was my life. In the 5th grade is when I started babysitting for this family. I babysat for them from the time I was in 5th grade till I was a senior in high school. And a little bit after that even, but not for very long because I left town. But I babysat this for this family. And for the first time I babysat for them, they had two kids. By the time they were done, they had like five kids. And I didn't think anything of it. To me, it was just, okay, I'm going to go babysit. And I had many, 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 many babysitting jobs. Now, in today's day and age, would you trust a 10-year-old to watch your child? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. But back then, we knew what we were doing. I could make a kid a sandwich. Could your 10-year-old make a sandwich? Could your kid feed the baby? Did your kid know how to make a bottle? I did. I didn't have baby siblings either, but I knew how to do it. How did I know? I don't know. But I did. Maybe the first time I did it, I said to the person whose baby I was watching, Hey, can you show me how to make that bottle so I can do it for you? And they probably did. I remember one summer, I had to get up at 4.30 every morning of my summer. And the guy came and got me in his Jeep, which I thought was really cool. And brought me to his house. And all day while he worked, I babysat his two kids. And I would make them bologna and ketchup sandwiches. I don't know why. They liked them. I ate them too because that's what we had. I went to the refrigerator, found what was in there, and prepared it. That was when I was in junior high. Like, I was probably 12, 13, maybe 14, maybe 14. I don't even think I was 14 then. I used to babysit my neighbor kid behind me after school every day. I wouldn't go home to, from my, to my house after school. I went to my neighbor's house and watched their kid. I mean, okay, back to the list. Sorry, I got distracted. Where was I? My parents always helped me. Others shouldn't expect me to do it myself. Okay, move on. Number seven, I detest it when others think their way is the only way, even if they are the bosses. <laughs> I could go on. I could go on. Okay, I'm going to read this list. Number eight. 
I must succeed at everything I choose to do. There is no room for failure. Now, this one I kind of object to. I don't really think it's on. it should be on the list. Perhaps the fact that the list is titled 10 Beliefs That Lead to Anger, you know, and I'm kind of, I'm hedging on that as a misnomer for the title because the woke culture group of kids in this woke society that we're living in um, they don't care if they fail. They really don't. They, I don't even think they know what failure means. I don't, I don't, I think that they, they have their own godlike sense of being themselves and they cannot fail. That's what I really believe. I believe that they have cut God completely out of the picture and they are therefore their own God and therefore they are perfect and Therefore, they are not fail. They are not failures. They do not fail. And so number eight, eh, kind of maybe not really should be on the list. Number nine, I deserve immediate gratification. I am entitled to, and this is in quotes, it with a capital I, whatever it might be. And boy, I think number nine that one is spot on. I deserve immediate gratification. I'm entitled to it, whatever it might be. Entitled, really? This goes back to my whole thought of why would you deserve it? Any goodness that comes into my life is a gift. It's a blessing. It's a bonus. It's a perk. Number 10, and this one is probably the best. Other motorists need to get out of my way. <laughs> That's a good list. Oh, mercy, mercy, mercy. So think about these things, people. Oh, I thought of something else I wanted to say for you. One, one little thing. I highly, highly, highly recommend. I've been trying to get um, some time to do a little light reading <laughs> on the side. And this book, I, I ordered this book uh, a couple years ago, but it's called Democracy in America. It's by Alexis de Tocqueville. De, de Tocqueville. And um, it was written uh, let's see, when was it written? It was written a over a hundred years ago. He's a French nobleman, the guy who wrote it. And it's his um, his take, basically, on America and how democracy works for us as a country. And this was written, like I said, a hundred years ago. And I was just reading a little bit um, in it tonight about, there's a part called Tyranny of the Majority. And that's really what we're under right now. With the Democrats being in the majority and the tyranny that, that they are causing by being in the majority 
it's so cyclical. It's, it's disgusting. It's what we've discussed before with, you know, the judiciary system is broken. Everything is broken. There's no, the, the rule of law is gone. There is no more rule of law in America. And if you think that there is, you're not, you're not paying attention. You're really not. Get your head in the game. Okay, because if the rule of law were working in America, the Supreme Court would have immediately taken up the cases for the election fraud. But they're not because we don't know why for sure. Were they paid off? Were they threatened? Were they bought off? Are they part of the cabal? We don't know. But the fact that they, they refuse to listen to the cases, they're not even hearing the evidence. That's a break in the rule of law. Every crime should be adjudicated. And they're saying, we're not going to. No, we're just not going to. Okay, but I wanted to read this to you. This is part of the book, um, Democracy in America. When I refuse to obey an, an unjust law, I do not contest the right of the majority to command, but I simply appeal from the sovereignty of the people to the sovereignty of mankind. And I thought, boy, isn't that the truth? You know, the sovereignty of mankind is given to us by God. Okay, and that is the difference of the basis of the United States is that our forefathers had the intelligence and the, and the wherewithal to realize that our rights are divine. They come to us from God. You cannot, as a person, take them away. And that's what's happening, is they're saying, we're going to take your guns. We're going to take your ability to speak freely. We're censoring you. Um, You can't say that on social media. You can only say what we tell you to say. When you do a search in Google, we're only going to give you the approved Google answers, not the answers that might be a broad spectrum of answers from which you as a rational human being may decide which you choose to believe and don't choose to believe. But that's what we've come to. And it is a scary place to be. Going on. Unlimited power in itself. Wait, sorry. Unlimited power is in itself a bad and dangerous thing. Human beings are not competent to exercise it with discretion. God alone can be omnipotent because his wisdom and his justice are always equal to his power. There is no power on earth so worthy of honor in itself or clothed with rights so sacred that I would admit its uncontrolled and all-predominant authority. I say there is the term, the germ of tyranny, and I seek to live elsewhere under other laws. When I see, okay, I'm going to back that up. When I see that the right and the means of absolute command 
are conferred on any power whatever, be it called a people or a king, an aristocracy or a democracy, a monarchy or a republic. I say there is the germ of tyranny, and I seek to live elsewhere under other laws. It goes on. This book is fabulous. I highly recommend reading it. In fact, right on the front of the book, it says Newt Gingrich's required reading. <laughs> but people, we need to, to wake up to the fact that um, we're living in, in, a, in a tyrannical society right now. And Lord help us, because I think that's the only way out. I've really come to the conclusion that one of two things is going to happen. God's going to perform his major miracle. And I may have said this before, but if I have, it's worth repeating. God's going to perform his major miracle. All will be well. Justice will be served. If not, I'm expecting to see the crash of the dollar our monetary system is going to go completely under, which is one reason I am reinvesting my IRAs into gold and silver. And I really do expect if we continue on the path we're on with the, we, we no longer have a border that's another thing that, that there, I should have had that on my list of what makes a person weary. Saying that, no, there's no crisis at the border, but thousands of people are pouring across our border every day again. It's horrible. No borders equal no country. What country just lets anybody in? It's absolute insanity here, people. And I don't know where we can go. If America falls, there is no hope for anywhere else to go. Because why does everybody want to come to America? Because of we, what we used to have. We used to have the freedoms. We used to have the freedom of speech. We don't have it anymore. We used to have the freedom to, to go shopping. We don't have that anymore. We used to have the freedom to, to go outside without a mask. The masks are a form of control. Every single day, another thing about this pandemic comes out. Today in Politico, there was an article that said, um, the diplomats warned Washington, D.C., um, about the Wuhan lab in 2018 that, that the lab itself was not being um, controlled properly, that the people were not educated on how to um, safely conduct their experiments, and they told the people in Washington, D.C. about this lab in 2018, and no one listened. No one listened. Every single day, another little factor comes out. 
about this virus. It's nothing but a ploy to control the world. And look how well they've done. When you control the mainstream media and what they're saying, when you control social media and what can and cannot be said, when you control search engines, when you control big pharma, when you control big tech, when you can say you're not allowed a platform, when you can deplatform an entire website because you don't agree with them, your country is lost. Your freedoms are gone. And like I said before, I, I still cannot believe that we got this far. I just can't believe our freedom-loving people fell for the game. That tells you how deeply embedded into the brainwashing the vast majority of Americans are. All you have to do is look outside and see how many people have to wear these masks that do nothing. The masks do nothing. Report came out today. Check it out. It's on the CDC website. CDC website. It says 0.5%, perhaps 0.5% decline or whatever the words were that said it won't, you can't transmit the virus if you wear a mask. The efficacy of masks, there you go, is 0.5%. Guess what? That's the margin of error. So basically, wearing a mask is nothing. It does nothing. It's like I said, trying to stop a mosquito with a chain link fence, but it's control. They want to control you. Are you going to stand and let them control you forever? At some point, people, we have to stop. We have to. Take baby steps. I'm really concerned because today on the news, I heard that there's this so-called pastor who decided to preach that Jesus was a racist. Do you know what that's called? That's called blasphemy, people. I'm telling you right now, there's only ever been one person on this planet that was fully man and fully God, and his name was Jesus Christ, and he did not commit one single sin, and he was never racist. And what he was doing was telling a parable when he discussed things that you may not quite understand. And that's what this kid, he was a kid that said Jesus was a racist and he, and he repented of his sin of racism. You know what? The only race that I care about is one that's called the human race. And until we stop using race at all, we're, we're not getting the point. 
That's the whole thing. I'm weary. I'm weary. I'm weary. I'm just weary of I'm weary of the what's the word I'm looking for? Capitulation. Bowing down to a godless idol. Don't try to take God out. That's when you're going to go wrong. It's, 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 it's a hard thing. I know that it is. But what I want to share... Hold on. Hold on. Okay. I had to find this. I don't want to leave you on such negativity. I I try to be positive. I know I'm not being very positive today. I'm trying to make you aware of the reality that's going on. And and if you know somebody who could maybe hear a different perspective that that could maybe benefit from hearing some of this, please share this with them. And I'm not saying that because I get anything out of it. I don't. But I don't know what else to do. I really don't. That's the whole reason I started this podcast. I don't know what else to do. But talk. And hopefully educate and, and, and enlighten people as to what's really going on when we've lost our main source of truth and you know that's what the media was intentional or initially set up to be was the arbitrator of you know holding holding political people accountable and you know giving a balanced point of view and saying here's this side and here's this side you decide and that's gone now. What we're getting now is, this is the way it is, believe it or be shunned. And we can't keep putting up with it. We just can't. At some point, we're going to have to take off our masks and walk into the store and tell the person who screams and hollers at you, where's your mask? Put your mask. How come you don't have a mask? Say to that person with a sweet little smile on your face that they can see because you don't have your mask on. Just stay six feet away from me if you're worried. Or the better one member that I came up with the other day. God didn't give us a spirit of fear. Don't be afraid. I'm not afraid. Are you afraid? Don't be afraid. Try that. That's what I'm going to do. I swear, I'm, I'm going to do it. I have a Dollar Tree mission in mind that I'm going to go to the Dollar Tree and I'm not going to wear my mask and they're going to holler at me and I'm going to say, look, I just want to get my Ajax for a dollar. Just hush and let me go in here and get it. 
and we're going to see how it goes. And I will report back to you with how that goes. You can hold me accountable if you want. Okay, I'm going to read another thing from my book of lists. This one is called Hope. Hope looks for the good in people instead of harping on the worst in them. Hope opens doors where despair closes them. Hope discovers what can be done instead of grumbling about what cannot be done. Hope draws its power from a deep trust in God and the basic goodness of mankind. Hope lights a candle instead of cursing the darkness. Hope regards problems, small or large, as opportunities. Hope cherishes no illusions, nor does it yield to cynicism. And that's our hope for today. Don't yield to the cynicism. Rise above it. Overcome it. Turn the other cheek. Grow the F up. Teach your children how to deal with conflict. That's my thought for the day. But don't you remember? I know nothing.